Horror movies are more than just empty thrills. They are a mirror that reflects the darker sides of our culture and our psyche. Each episode, we will go beyond the first cut and discuss the themes and topics that hide below the surface. I'm Dave, Professor of Communication. And I'm Vince, Professor of Psychology. Welcome to A Dark Impression. Hey, everybody. Thank you uh, all, all of you, for coming yes. today. Um, so uh, those are rousing applause. I appreciate that. Uh, so, so today we're going to do. Uh, we're going to start off uh, by doing a um, a live recording of our podcast, A Dark Impression, uh, and then we're going to watch the rain. Uh, so. Um, Vince is going to introduce the podcast. Yes. And uh, then I'm going to introduce The Ring, and we're going to talk a little bit about it first, um, and then we'll roll into the show after maybe 20 minutes or so. Yep. So, welcome to Season 2 of A Dark Impression. Uh, season 1 was fun. We explored a couple of themes, uh, possessions, slasher movies, uh, curses, hauntings, and so on. Uh, so now we're starting our Season 2 um, with this kind of special event. Um, and we decided to revisit uh, The Ring as a movie. We covered that in Season 1 in the, the Curse episode, but um, Dave, why did we decide to uh, go back to The Ring? Uh, do we discuss why we decided to go back to The Ring? I don't know. Um, so, like, we, we had come down to discussing uh, if we're going to show The Thing or The Ring. We like rhyming things. Um, and we decided on The, the Ring... Um, I, I think for us, like it's it's one of those films that sticks with us. It's an important film. Um, looking at modern horror, and uh, we we thought it would appeal to a large audience. Which thankfully, there's um, for those of you listening online at a later date, uh, it's uh, a, literally a packed house. We have yes. uh, easily a thousand people in the audience. So this is you missed something. Curse your FOMO. <laughs> um, so. Um, we, we did cover the ring in our curses episode already. So, but we're going to talk a little bit about it in a different, uh, different bent today. Um, so as a reminder, uh, to those of you that have, uh, been listening, uh, to us since the beginning, uh, all, uh, my mom, um, the ring came out in 2002 and, uh, was directed by Gore Verbinski. Um, it stars Naomi Watts, uh, and Martin Henderson, as well as the always awesome Brian Cox. Um, and it's based on the Japanese movie and novel Ringu. Um, it was really big in the box office. It did well. Uh, it took home about uh, $250 million um, off of a $50 million budget, which would put it at a, uh, for those of you that, that don't know movie budgets, $50 million is, it seems like a lot of money. It is, uh, I suppose. But um, in terms of movies, that's like a solid medium sized budget. Um, so it's, you're not looking at like, you know, Avengers level um, enough to get to, to make it essentially. Um, so why is the ring important enough to discuss twice? I think that's kind of a, a question that will Vince had already posed to me. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, last time around we compared it to, uh, poltergeist when discussing curses and while the movie's about curses, it's really about a lot more than that too. Um, the ring represents a shift from the nineties horror cinema into a new wave of horror that began in the early two thousands, actually probably late nineties with, uh, Blair witch project. Um, and is still around today. This new wave of, uh, of horror focuses as much on drama and characters as it does on scares. 
So from The Ring, you can see ties into later films uh, like uh, Saw and the Grudge, both from 2004, Paranormal Activity, 2007, Babadook, 2014, uh, The Witch, 2015, Get Out, 2017, Hereditary, 2018. And if you haven't seen it yet, um, X from this year, 2022, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Have you seen X yet? No, I haven't. It's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, so while they're all different thematically, the films rely on nuanced performances, uh, psychological twists and turns, and um, a marked return to horror conventions that uh, existed, uh, have always existed within the genre, but were popular pre-1978. Um, so uh, I guess question for the audience. Anybody know what came out in 1978 that changed uh, the horror landscape? Not Jaws. Close. Kind of. I heard The Exorcist. The Exorcist is a good one. The Exorcist was, I think, was that 76? Uh, yeah, not The Exorcist. 77, the book came out at 76. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. Halloween, uh, yeah. Um, so Halloween, uh, is that what you were going to say? And you didn't say it. You could have yelled it out. Um, so Halloween, Halloween came out in 78, and that... Um, that, that really made a big change in terms of uh, the horror landscape and the way that um, audiences perceived horror and, um, uh, and enjoyed it, I suppose. So, um, so let's dive in. Yeah, I, one thing I want to uh, comment on is the person that stars in The Ring, Naomi Watts, had just come off of the um, David Lynch movie from the late 90s. Mulholland um, Drive. Mulholland Drive, yeah. which was an award-winning movie. And now she's starting. So there's there's that aspect to the movie that it's it's now becoming legit to star in horror movies. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a a proper actor, right? Um, she's not just somebody who does horror movies who looks good on screen and can Who's scream starting really their career, right? Yeah, yeah no, she, she's Curtis. established at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think the one thing that defines the movie is actually the movie within the movie, uh, which I think is probably that and. The character of Samara, which I think are the two, uh, or two really important elements in that movie. Um, I think that that movie's kind of an original meme, like something that that people just bore to each other, not to make each other laugh, but to kill each other. Uh, <laughs> killer meme. But I thought that's interesting. That's the first movie that uses that concept of just an idea, or one of the first movies that has that concept of an idea that just haunts and kills people. Um, I don't remember seeing that in other movies before to have this kind of weird curse. It's not the, the, the object itself that's cursed. It's the set of images, the right. movie within the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess a question for you from a um, psychology perspective, um, why, why do memes work? Like what is it, what is it about memes that make us hardwired to share them or is it, are we not? Yeah, I think we're wired to process small bits of information. And I think we like something that's predictable. The, the, the fun of a meme is that you have the, the, uh, the format that's predictable. And then you have just some, uh, enough novelty in however people customize it. So I think it's, uh, um, it's something that's easily processed, uh, but just with enough surprise that you, get, you keep interested. Uh, actually, fun fact. The person that created the expression meme is actually a biologist who was just looking for an expression to represent the mental equivalence of a gene. So something that's passed down generations. Mm. Um, and that's, that's essentially the, the definition or the, 
building blocks of culture. It's just a set of small ideas that are communicated from one person to the next and that can actually infect one person to the next just the same way that a virus can. And that's what the, the movie does in The Ring. It's, it communicates from one person to the next and with nasty consequences. I guess, yeah, that's really interesting. I never, uh, I never thought about memes that way, but yeah, that makes sense. Memes kill in the movie. Um, the other thing that I, I was curious for you to comment on, that movie has something in terms of color and texture that I don't think I'd noticed in a lot of horror movies before used light and shadow uh, to various effects. Uh, but then you have this movie that comes out that really has a, a, a color scheme that's really well defined. So what went on in the mind of the director to impose that? Um, it, well, I'm not sure what, what, what Gorbachev was thinking. Dave, you need uh, to be a mind darn, reader. I haven't, I haven't talked to him about it. Uh, but uh, you know, the way that color can play to an audience is... Uh, and you, you can see this in films since color really started to be a thing. So early thirties, um, the way that, that, that color can impact an audience is it, it can be used to help, uh, set tone, to create mood, to, uh, to, to make it so that you can, you can give the audience information without ever giving them information. Mm -hmm. Um, probably the, one of the best modern examples is the matrix, Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the matrix is everything is cast green. Uh, the real world, everything is kind of neutral or blue. Mm -hmm. So you always know where you are in space. Like it's never confusing when they're like, I'm in the matrix. Well, mm -hmm. I, I had no idea you were in the matrix, you know, cause everything's green just a little bit, but green. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that, that using color, um, uh, the ring does use, it uses a lot of green. It uses kind of those, those more artificial tones, mm -hmm. um, which my guess would be something like a, a slightly distorted or ruined VHS tape might have yeah. where the, the, the coloring, um, is, uh, you're, you're like you were saying before, you're in a movie within a movie. Mm -hmm. So the ring, the movie, like the, not like the, the ring, the VHS tape with Samara who comes and kills you, but like the movie that we're about to watch the ring, um, is the, the, the way that it's set up is it, it, it references itself. Mm -hmm. So it references it, like it makes you aware that you're watching a movie and because you're aware that you're watching a movie and you're watching a movie within a movie. And I think at one point you watch a movie within a movie within a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, are you watching inception? You're watching inception. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you're, um, you, you, you become aware of you as a viewer and you're viewing other people viewing things, yep. which makes what they're going through even more horrifying. Yeah. Um, because you can, you can feel yourself in their shoes. There's one exception to that, that green bluish. It's the one tree. And I think that's mm, one of yes, the things yes. I don't know if he stole that from Spielberg's uh, Schindler's list, but that one red tree and we're recording this uh, in October. It's beautiful red colors outside. Um, that pop in red tree really uh, makes an impression, especially when you've been uh, so used to this kind of colder uh, color scheme. Yeah. Almost monotone. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, the, the, the use of the pop of color is, it's a great effect to say, Hey, this thing's important. Pay attention to mm -hmm. it. 
Um, and then that way, when it comes around again, it, the audience remembers. Like yeah. the girl in the coat in Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. When you see the coat, you don't have to be like, that was the little girl's coat. Right. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I had noticed. Uh, they, they, they get it because yeah. the, the color is what grabs you. There's one more thing I want to comment on about this movie that I think, and that was something that was emulated also in Silent Hill, which I think came after. Um, it's the use of, of weird biological motion. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some people in, in the, the psych field that are uh, studying how we perceive biological motion. So you, I can display just a, a, an array of dots, but if the dots are moving in a certain direction, everyone sees someone walking and you can change the orientation of the dots and then, okay, the person's now walking towards me or walking away from me. So we have this kind of um, predisposition to figure out from movements uh, and not recognize the shape or anything, but just recognize what is human movement, which you would understand is really useful to recognize that the thing that moving is actually someone from my species and not from like a bear or something. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that Samara does is that biological motion, you see a human body, but it moves in a way that is not natural. And that is something that uh, I think people pick up that terrifies them. Same way that um, in Silent Hill, you have those zombies that were played by dancers, professional dancers, who were hired to move in a way that is as unnatural as possible for a human being. So that's something that I would uh, draw people's attention to, is just watch the, the biological motion of uh, Samara and see the effect that it has on how uncomfortable it makes you feel. And as I recall, too, that motion was mostly practical, right? Yep. Which makes it even more impressive. Yeah, much better. So it's not just a CGI person who they're making move however they want. It's somebody who is trained in that kind of art form of mm -hmm. body manipulation. Yeah. Someone who's not Andy Serkis. Right. <laughs> yeah, he is kind of typecast in that kind of role. Just a bit. Yeah, poor guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that we touch on everything you wanted to say. Yeah. Um, I think we're ready to start the movie. Yeah. So I, I guess as we're watching it, what, what I would say is um, try to pay attention to uh, how. So right now we're, when, we're, when we're recording this, um, it came out about 20 years ago. So try to pay attention to how modern uh, the film is and how um, – uh, how its legacy might have been passed down. So if you're if you're a big horror movie fan, think about anything you've seen within maybe the past two, three, four years, and and think about how The Ring um, kind of led to. Speaking of genes, uh, led to its DNA and kind of changed the way that that film um, that film operates or works. And it's certainly not going to be in every film, um, but I think that there is probably a surprising amount of. Uh, uh, the good modern horror films, not like the schlocky stuff, not the stuff that was made just to get a couple cheap scares, but like the really, the stuff that you can watch and at the end be like, that was both a really good movie and a really good horror film. Um, I, I, my guess is you're going to find that there's a lot of, uh, of shared DNA between, between that film and the ring. Uh, yeah. This is meme-tastic. Yeah. Shall we start? Yeah, let's start. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to A Dark Impression. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
rating and reviews make the world a scarier place. Consider leaving one wherever you get your podcasts. A Dark Impression was produced and edited by Vincent Dave. All movies are copyright their respective sources. Music is from Adobe Stock. All rights reserved.